You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. Happy Tuesday to you. Today on the podcast, I am going to deliver my AFC Power Rankings. Will be a great opportunity for you to see where I think the Bills fall into the AFC landscape, where the rest of the AFC East fits, and you know which teams are going to be right in this thing when it's all said and done. And so I'm going to spend a minute or so on each team. We'll talk about them at a high level, some of the concerns that I might have, part of the reason why they're ranked where they are, some of the strengths of each team. We'll move quick. We won't spend too much time on any one team. But I think this would be a good opportunity for us to continue the discussion we started having last week where I started to rank up the Bills with the rest of the teams in the division, and we did that very thoroughly. And now it's time to kind of extend that to the conference and, of course, the conference that we hope the Bills represent in the Super Bowl. I want to start at number one. I know a lot of times you listen to these types of podcasts and they start at the bottom and work their way up. I want to start at the top and really get to the top of this conference and then kind of focus in on the bottom and and what um, eh, you know what those teams need to do and what they need to prove this year to avoid you know like an entire rebuild and then at the very end I'm going to give you the average rank of each team in the division and we can kind of stack up the divisions to talk about which divisions in the AFC are the best and you know which ones are lacking at least in the way I view it today so let's start at number one like I said the Kansas City Chiefs. You can't take them off the top spot. Coming off a 14-2 and season, they've been to three consecutive AFC Championship games. They've been to the Super Bowl the last two years. Patrick Mahomes is back. His weapons are back. His offensive line looks a lot different. You know, they definitely went through and overhauled it. I mean, I think you're probably only going to have maybe one guy from last year that was a starter in the same spot this year. But overall, they were able to piece it back together pretty nicely after saying goodbye to both Eric Fisher and Mitchell Schwartz by trading for Orlando Brown. They signed Joe Tooney. They brought in a couple of other free agents in Kyle Long and, and Austin Blythe. Uh, they drafted Creed Humphrey. They drafted Trey Smith. They they retooled this thing. Plus, Laurent Duvernay-Tardif is back from opting out of the season last year due to COVID. So, I mean, they are back with... A really formidable group. It's going to have to come together, but I like the names. Defensively, I don't think they got any better or any worse. Bashad Breeland at corner is no longer in the mix, but you know they traded for Mike Hughes. They had DeAndre Baker in the practice squad situation there. Um, you know they've got opportunities here to answer the void left behind by Breeland. And you know with the Chiefs, I think we're always going to look at the personnel that they have on the back seven. You know linebackers, corner safeties and become a little bit underwhelmed, but it's a really good defensive line, and the group is coached very well by Steve Spagnolo. So the Chiefs are still the class of the conference, and um, you know the, another team's going to have to knock them off, and that hasn't happened in a while. At number two, the Buffalo Bills, 13-3, and AFC runner-up last year. I'm really high on this team this year. Josh Allen coming off of an elite season. Everything around him is back and in place. The offensive line is healthy. I can't reiterate enough that the Bills' preferred offensive line never took 
a snap together last year. We do not talk about how the middle of that offensive line was just a revolving door enough. We don't talk about it enough. John Feliciano out to start the year. Cody Ford at left guard. You know, he goes down with a season-ending injury. Mitch Morse is banged up for a couple games with the concussion. You have Brian Winter starting games. Ike Bakker is starting significant games. Never had the preferred five in there. I'm anxious to see what it looks like. Looking for this team to bounce back on defense. Be more effective at rushing the passer with the investments made for the pass rush at the defensive end position. Star Latule being back, a healthy Milano, a healthy Edmonds. I think the Bills are nipping at the, the Chiefs. Now they're going to have to go do it. They're going to have to knock them down. But I think that the Bills are closer today entering the season than they were last year when it comes to stacking up with the Kansas City Chiefs. Rounding out the top three in the AFC, I have the Cleveland Browns. I really like this football team. like Kevin Stefanski, their head coach. I like Baker Mayfield, at quarterback. They've got an elite offensive line, maybe the best in the NFL. Defensively, this team is pretty stacked. They've added to their defensive line, have more depth there to go with Miles Garrett. Their back seven is outstanding. Their safety situation is outstanding. The big question that I have is, do they have enough firepower in their wide receiver core? Can Odell Beckham Jr. stay healthy? Can Jarvis Landry be a little bit more consistent? Will the tight end production continue to be there? Will they get more out of David and Joku? We know their running backs and Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb are really, really good. And they've got a really formidable offensive line that can, you know, blast open some holes. But can they get more contributions from their wide receivers to make this offense a little bit more dynamic? And then obviously does the defense gel a little bit more and, you know, some of the young players that they added to the mix, uh, particularly Greg Newsome at corner and acclimating some of the free agent acquisitions they made at safety in John Johnson and bringing back Grant Delpit, you know, Troy Hills new. They got some new pieces to work with here, but I really like the makeup of this roster. I think it's one of the better rosters in the NFL. And if their wide receivers can do enough, I think this team's dangerous. And number four, and this is where I would kind of, after this team, the Baltimore Ravens at number four, this is where I would draw a line and say that one, two, three, and four, those are the elite teams in the AFC. Everyone below this, I would be surprised if they were to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. I think it's the Chiefs, Bills, Browns, Ravens conversation. And then, look, the season's got to play out. Teams get hot. Teams overachieve. Players develop. I mean, all that stuff could happen. But for my money, I'd be really surprised if your AFC champion wasn't the Bills, Chiefs, Browns, or Ravens. Now, the Ravens are an interesting football team because they don't play football kind of like the rest of the league does. Uh, very run-heavy offense, very, very few passing attempts, the, the fewest passing attempts in the NFL last season by a lot. So there's not, there's not this volume passing dynamic to their offense, but it's still difficult to defend. They still score a lot. They run the ball very effectively, and they have more receivers now for uh, Lamar Jackson to throw to with Rashad Bateman now being in the mix. Sammy Watkins is in the mix to go with Marquise Brown, to go with Mark Andrews. And they drafted Tylen Wallace, and I really liked what J.K. Dobbins showed last year as uh, you know the lead running back, stepping in for Mark Ingram and really being the, the focal point of that backfield. 
Defensively, you know they're going to get after you. They're going to blitz a ton. They've got ball hawks in the back end, speed on the second level. I mean, this team's really good, and I think that they are going to be a tough out no matter when any team has to play them in the playoffs. And you know, outside of a Lamar Jackson injury, I I expect this team to be right there in the thick of things when it's all said and done. So, like I said, that's the the AFC's elite. Now we kind of moved into this next tier of teams that. I think they're just tough to project. There's a lot of likable things about each one of the teams I'm going to get into in this next tier. But, you know, there's there's things that have to go right for them to, you know, win 10-11 games and be a lock for the playoffs. The next team I'll mention is the Indianapolis Colts. You got to love this roster in terms of the coaching and how Frank Reich and his staff has been able to maximize the talent. On defense, they've got some star power in Darius Leonard and in DeForest Buckner. Obviously, their pass rush took a hit this year with Justin Houston not being in the mix, and then they didn't bring back Nico Autry. They're counting on Quiddy Pay, their first-round pick, to really you know, anchor that pass rush, and they, they drafted a couple other defensive linemen, Deo Adenyingbo, coming off of an Achilles. They took him pretty high in the draft. They're counting on Xavier Rhodes at corner to continue to play at a high level, which he did last year, but you know he struggled his last couple seasons in Minnesota. Is he going to hit a wall? They got some young safeties that are likable. Obviously, the offensive line's really good, but my question mark for this team is Carson Wentz. I understand why they traded for Carson Wentz, but this dude was awful last year. And I think there's a lot of reasons why he was awful, whether it's the organizational dysfunction, the lack of weapons, the bad offensive line, the injuries, you know, all of that stuff plays into it. But my goodness, he was terrible. I mean, it's it's one thing to have a down year, and it's another thing to do what Carson Wentz did last year. I mean, the guy couldn't hold his head above water. If there's any team that can get him back on track, it's the Indianapolis Colts with Frank Reich. But goodness gracious, this guy has got to find his game. If he doesn't, this team won't make the playoffs. If he does, if he shows the player he was in 2017 again, Indy's going to win the South. The other concern that I have with this team is their weapons in the passing game. I love Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines in the backfield. Obviously a really good offensive line. But is anyone going to lose sleep over dealing with T.Y. Hilton, Michael Pittman, Zach Paschal, and Desmond Patton as their top receivers with Mo Alley-Cox, their number one tight end, and Jack Toyle? I don't know. Like it's It's not that intimidating to me in terms of skill players at wide receiver and tight end. So that is something that could change if they go and make a run at a Julio Jones or something like that, but I'm not overly enamored with the weapons that Carson Wentz has in the passing game. At number six, the Tennessee Titans. This team, I'll tell you what, they're hard to figure as well. This team was in the AFC Championship game just two years ago. But from that team that went to the AFC Championship game in 2019, only 11 starters remain on the team, and they've lost both their offensive coordinator in Arthur Smith and their defensive coordinator in Dean Pease, who are both in Atlanta. You saw last year this team struggle to take the next step, right? There was expectations for this team. And they were good. They were 11-5. and They're a good football team. But they didn't get back to the AFC Championship game because they whiffed in the offseason. They struck out with their attempts to get better at right tackle. 
They struck out with their attempts to find a pass rusher opposite of Harold Landry. They had injuries at corner. So they have a lot of question marks this year as well. Just a lot of new pieces, fitting everything together. Their, their receiving options are lacking outside of A.J. Brown. They lost Janu Smith. They lost Corey Davis. Defensively, they lost all, uh, you know Dequan Jones. They cut both their starting corners and Malcolm Butler and Adoree Jackson. Kenny Vaccaro is gone. They have options to replace, but it's still got to come together. So it doesn't feel like a team that's building anymore. right? They're not adding. There's been a lot of turnover, and so it feels like they're kind of scratching and clawing to still be like a playoff team as opposed to a team that you look at as a team that's going to run, make a run in the playoffs. So, you know, look, they can they can do it or don't, right? But to me, with so much turnover on this roster since we saw them in the AFC Championship game, I don't know. I, I have my doubts about Tennessee being a team that's poised to really go deep into the playoffs. I think they'll still be a playoff team. But are they a feared playoff opponent? I don't really see them that way. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and the UFC. Before the next pitch, head to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Need to tell you guys about Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar on the planet. They have so many amazing flavors. I'm really digging the coconut almond right now. you got to try them. They're all delicious. They're covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew, and they are great for you. It tastes like a candy bar, but it's good for you. They're great for anyone who is health-conscious, whether you want to lose weight, maintain weight, or just indulge in a delicious treat. you got to try Built Bars. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great for anyone on the keto diet. I've got a deal for you. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. So we've stacked the first six teams in the AFC. Number one, the Chiefs. Two, the Bills. Three, the Browns. Four, the Ravens. Again, that's my elite tier in the conference. Then you have the Colts at five, the Titans at six. And this is still that same tier where, you know, I like a lot of what they have going, but, you know, they're going to have to prove it. They're going to have to play at a high level to be considered a contender in the conference. These are still teams that I think are playoff caliber teams, but will they actually win playoff games? So, again, we're still in that same tier. At number seven, I have the Miami Dolphins coming off a 10-6 and six season. And I'll tell you what, I think Brian Flores in both of his first two seasons with the team, he overachieved. And that's a good thing for them because I think he's been able to maximize talent and get more out of his roster than what the makeup of the team suggested. Him going and winning five of the last nine games, having a winning record over the last nine games in 2019 was impressive. Look at that roster. It was awful. One of the worst I've ever seen. Last year, to get that team to 10-6, and six. I know that they didn't necessarily have a sustainable process for winning games, a lot of help on special teams, a lot of help on defense, kind of a fluttering pop gun offense, but 
They still won 10 games. And now they've added to this roster. Those young offensive linemen, they're now another year experienced. They get Jalen Waddell in this wide receiver core. Tua, year two, right? Should take a big jump. He should, right? Not saying he's going to, but he should. They got a big-time pass rusher in the draft in Jalen Phillips. Their secondary was already good, and they got Javon Holland now as part of the mix. Justin Coleman at slot corner. I think this team is formidable. Obviously, Tua's development is first and foremost. That will define their season. Ryan Fitzpatrick is not part of this team anymore. This is the Tua show. If he takes a step and maximizes this talent, you know, there's no reason to think that they're not a 10-win team again this year. At number eight, another AFC East team, the New England Patriots. Look, that team was pretty bad last year. You remember the messaging that I gave you about the Patriots over the summer last year? I said, I don't think this team has any difference makers outside of two guards and uh, Stephon Gilmore. And I talked about how I, just overall the, the roster was very poor. Well, that team, that team was still 7-9. They were still 7-9 with a very poor roster and a quarterback that was literally one-hopping the football because he just Cam Newton just wasn't getting the ball to his targets. Now they've added a lot. You guys know. You've seen the offseason. I'm not saying that it's for sure going to work, and we've seen plenty of examples of teams going all in in free agency and it blowing up in their face. But this is Belichick, right? I wouldn't say it was very responsible. It doesn't suggest to me that they're set up for long-term success. But as they try to get some wins here and compete in the final years of Belichick coaching this team, they did a bang-up job adding talent to this roster. Now, you can debate whether or not the deals were fair, if they overpaid, all that type of stuff. I would say that they did. But uh, I think this team is in the conversation to be a playoff team. And their quarterback production and their quarterback contributions cannot be worse than they were last year. So maybe Mac Jones is an upgrade. They'll ride Cam Newton probably as long as he you know, can be reasonable. But they have a lot more answers this year than they did last year. And that team went 7-9 and nine somehow. At number nine, the Los Angeles Chargers. Justin Herbert, right? Dude was awesome as a rookie. One of the best rookie seasons we've ever seen. And he did that with a very poor offensive line. They they addressed the offensive line in a big way this offseason. You know, Brian Balaga, he's back as their right tackle. But everything else is different, and it should be, and that's a good thing. They found Rashawn Slater in the draft. They signed Corey Lindsley to be the center, one of the best centers in the game. Very good free agent pickup in Matt Filer to be the right guard, and then Odea Bushi to be the left guard. I mean, he's a he's a pro too. I mean, this offensive line is reworked. They got a star young quarterback. Mike Williams, Keenan Allen on the outside. Jared Cook replaces Hunter Henry at tight end. I'm sure they're hoping to get a healthy Austin Eckler this year. I'm sure they're hoping to get a healthy Derwin James on defense. Joey Bosa. You know, I think their defense, you have some questions about it. Because at corner, you know, I think you can be concerned about you know, Michael Davis is your top corner, Chris Harris in the slot, and then is Asante Samuel going to be an answer right away? Who's playing safety opposite of Derwin James, who, you know, they had Rashawn Jenkins in that spot. He's now a member of the Jaguars. 
Their linebackers are still a question mark. Their defensive line is still a question mark. But Brandon Staley as the head coach, I mean, this guy had way worse talent with the Los Angeles Rams. And I know you're going to say, oh, well, Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald. Well, that's all he had. I mean, he just had (laughs) replacement-level players everywhere else. I think collectively the talent on this Chargers team is a lot more than what he had on the Rams team. So if I want to draw optimism for the Chargers, it's a star quarterback entering year two with a better offensive line and a healthy Derwin James with a really exciting coach defensively when it comes to Brandon Staley. So nice little team here. They're not going to be an easy out for anyone. That was a 7-9 team last year with awful coaching in Anthony Lynn and horrible, and I mean some of the worst special teams I've ever seen with a bad, bad offensive line. They still got the 7-9 last year. You can't help but think that this team's better now. So that's uh, I got one more team in this tier. Pittsburgh Steelers, number 10. You guys have heard me kind of dog the Steelers a little bit. They were 12-4 and four last year. I think they overachieved in a big way. I'm really, really concerned about Ben Roethlisberger and his ability to be a difference maker at quarterback. I mean, the guy looked terrible last year. And um, I think the offensive line is worse. Their pass rush is worse with no real answer opposite of TJ Watt. You know, Devin Bush being back will help, but their cornerback situation, now that they've said goodbye to Mike Hilton and Steven Nelson, is a concern to me. I think this is the worst roster Mike Tomlin's had since he's been there. So, you know, Pittsburgh always seems to be okay, right? I think they have 17 consecutive winning seasons or 17 consecutive non-losing seasons. So good for them. Like, they've been very consistently a reasonably good football team. I'm just nervous about what is Ben actually capable of and with questions at wide receiver, pass rush, and corner, in addition to quarterback, I mean, what can you expect from a team like that? I'm down on the Steelers this year. At number 11, I think this is where there's a drop-off, right? So I gave you that elite tier, and then there's the Colts, Titans, Dolphins, Patriots, Chargers, Steelers tier. Now we got a little drop-off here. And at number 11, I have the Las Vegas Raiders. I, I don't know about what's going on here. They have goofy personnel decisions. Um... Goofy draft picks. I know they were 8-8 eight and eight last year, but this, this defense has holes all over it. Don't love their defensive tackle situation. I don't love their linebackers. Their corners are meh. They reworked an offensive line that didn't need to be reworked. Who's the top receiver here? You're hoping on Henry Ruggs, Brian Edwards, and Hunter Renfro to be your top three? I know they have Darren Waller. Josh Jacobs is a nice player. I don't know that this team really scares me. They've got some good things going. I I will recognize that. I like Ruggs. I like Waller. I like Jacobs. Derek Carr is a reasonable quarterback. Colt Miller is a good left tackle. (laughs) I don't know. I just don't think they have enough answers on defense, and I don't think they're that good on offense to really consider them a threat to be a playoff team this year. Then at number 12 is the Denver Broncos. And I'll tell you what, the Denver Broncos roster is awesome. It's absolutely awesome, except for one thing, quarterback. I like everything about this roster. The O-line, good, dynamic, young weapons. At running back, wide receiver, and tight end. I love the makeup of their defense. You trust that it's going to be well coached. 
under Vic Fangio and Ed Donatel. Good safeties, good corners, good linebackers, good pass rushers. I mean, they got everything. This team literally has everything but a quarterback. And whether that's Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater, I do not trust either one of them to maximize this offensive talent. Javante Williams at running back, Jerry Judy, Noah Fant, Cortland Sutton, KJ Hamler. These are good players. These are really good, young, exciting football players with nothing competent at quarterback. This team gets Aaron Rodgers. They're a contender. They go to the elite tier of the conference. But as it stands right now, heck no. Your your quarterback plays too worrisome for me to be concerned about the Denver Broncos. RockAuto.com is a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure you write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. They have amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need over at rockauto.com. All right, folks, so as you know, we've been running this contest throughout the course of the month of May and it gives you the chance to win a Buffalo Bills jersey of your choice. Here's how you do it. As you know, there's 21 episodes of Locked On Bills in the month of May. I have a nine-word sentence that I will periodically drop the next word of throughout the month. After I've delivered all nine words, you will have the full sentence, and when you have the full sentence, send an email to joe at thedraftnetwork.com with the full sentence correctly written, and you'll be entered into a drawing, and the winner receives the Bills jersey of their choice. I released the first word on Monday, May 3rd. The last word is coming on May 27th, which is this week. The other seven words will be released at random throughout the course of the month. They have been released. So we're, you know, we're, we've got six already released. The seventh one's coming to you here in just a moment. So keep track of the words so that you can correctly submit the sentence and be entered into the drawing. The drawing will happen live on Instagram, Instagram live on June 2nd, which is my birthday. So you will have from May 27th after the episode is published until June 1st at 10 p.m. Eastern time to send me an email with the full sentence correctly written, and you'll be entered into the drawing that will be done live on my Instagram. You can follow me on Instagram. My handle is the underscore Joe Marino. And of course, guys, the idea here is to have fun with the most loyal listeners to the podcast that tune in daily. Hit me up if you have any questions. And without further ado, the seventh word is by. The seventh word is by, B-Y. The seventh word is by, spelled B-Y. Make sure you put it down. Eight and nine are coming later in the week. All right, so let's continue our AFC power rankings, and this is definitely a new tier here. So I have, I gave you that first tier of Chiefs, Bills, Browns, Ravens. That's the elite teams. Then you have the Colts, Titans, Dolphins, Patriots, Chargers, Steelers. Those are teams that um, I think are playoff caliber teams that I'm not sure are primed to make deep postseason runs, but I think they can get there. Then I have this tier of like the the Raiders and Broncos that I like things about their roster, but also have concerning elements at critical positions. And now this next tier are teams that, look, I mean, 
things could go right and they could overachieve and they could be a playoff team, but I'd still be surprised. So this next tier is two teams, 13 and 14, and then the last tier are teams that I think will be in contention for the number one pick. All right, so at number 13, the Cincinnati Bengals. And I like so much about this Bengals team. Joe Burrow coming back at quarterback. I like the weapons that he has at wide receiver and at running back. Um, tight end, meh. Offensive line is better. It's still not It's not a stellar unit. You know, they 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 didn't answer every question that I have. I think their offensive line's okay. I was hope that, hoping that they would do a little bit more, but we'll see. It's definitely better than it was last year. Defensively, I mean, they've got some guys that can get after it in that front seven. They've got some good players in the back end that I like. I mean, it's a pretty good roster, but it's a pretty good roster with below-average coaching and a quarterback coming off of an ACL tear with an okay offensive line. You know, that's not going to move the needle all that much for me. I like a lot about where Cincinnati is going, but they're still the fourth-best team in the North, right? And I don't, I don't think they get to the playoffs. Maybe they can win six or seven games, but I don't know about really making noise to be a top-seven seed. Number 14, the Jacksonville Jaguars coming off of a 1-15 season. That earned them the number one pick. And with that, Trevor Lawrence. This roster is not that bad. I mean, they had a really nice offseason when it comes to free agency and the draft to get what I think is a reasonable player at every position. I mean, you look up and down this depth chart, and there's not anything that you look at and say, wow, you know, they that's really going to hold them back. They don't have any good players. They're, they're pretty good. Now, it's a lot of new pieces. It's a coach in Urban Meyer that's never been in the NFL, a rookie quarterback, a lot of young talent that they're counting on. I don't think it's a this-year team, but I don't think they're going to be an easy out. And I think that next year, they could be in the thick of things when it comes to the AFC South, especially when you remember the concerns that I had about the Colts and the Titans. I mean, Jacksonville is gaining ground very, very quickly. I don't think it happens this year, but they're not that far off. Now, this next year, seller dwellers of the conference. And number 15, the New York Jets. I've talked a lot about the Jets on the podcast over the last couple days on the podcast, so I don't want to go too deep. I like things that are happening here. Their offensive line is better. Their quarterback situation with Zach Wilson should be better. They got them some weapons. They got pretty good defensive line, pretty decent linebacker situation. Their corner situation is awful. So it's definitely a team that's rebuilding. And with that comes areas of the roster that look pretty good and some that you're just like, I don't think you can win games with that. First-year head coach in Robert Sala, I like him. Young quarterback in Zach Wilson, who I like. I just don't know that this year it all comes together and they become a team that competes for a winning record. I still think they're a bottom-tier team in the AFC. And at the very bottom of the conference and, and of the league is the Houston Texans. Uh, I, I look at this roster. I mean, this is bad. You don't look at anything on this roster and say, wow, that's a really strong part of it. That's going to be a challenge to deal with. Not a single thing. Obviously, this is under the assumption that Deshaun Watson's not part of this team, and I don't think he will be. This team's got a long way to go. They signed like over 30 unrestricted free agents. Made a peculiar head coach hire in, in David Culley. This team just doesn't have enough. They don't have enough to compete. I expect them to have the number one pick in the draft when it's all said and done for 2022.
All right, so there you have it, my AFC power rankings. This is how it stacked up by division. The average team in the AFC North was rated 7.5. The East comes in at number 2 at 8. The West is 8.25, and the South is 10.25. I mean, the North, you got three really high-quality teams in Baltimore and Cleveland and Pittsburgh. Now, you have Cincinnati kind of brings it down, but overall, I think it's the best division in the conference. The East, Buffalo is obviously the cream of the crop. The Jets bring it way, way down, but you have two formidable teams in the Dolphins and Jets. The West, obviously the Chiefs bring it way, way up. An ascending Chargers team, you know, helps. Well, then I have concerns about Denver and obviously the Raiders. And then in the South, you know, even the premier teams in that division give you some doubt in the Colts and the Titans. And then, I mean, you probably have the Jaguars who are in the infancy stages of their rebuild. And then the Houston Texans, who I think is the worst team in the NFL. I mean, I think there's a reasonable argument to be made that the AFC South is the worst division in football, but maybe we'll save that for another day. All right, folks, I hope you enjoyed this conversation today. Getting an idea for my thoughts on the AFC landscape, where the bills slot, where the division rivals slot as we gear up for the 2021 NFL season, one that we all have a lot of optimism and high hopes for. We'll keep talking through it here on the podcast. Make sure that you are subscribed. Tomorrow is herd mentality, uh, so looking forward to digging into your questions and comments and takes. So don't miss it. Again, please subscribe. Would absolutely love it if you took a second to give me a five-star rating and a brief review, and I look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow.